Welcome back to The Cypher, a series of conversations with creators from the Black diaspora who are leaning into their roots to create new spaces for all of us. I'm your host, Christabel Nsiabwadi. On today's show, what could happen if you just followed your creative instincts? I'm going to be talking with Darren Jenkins about all of that. He's an entertainment architect. He's based in New York City, and he's the host and producer of five, yes, five podcasts, including 12 Million, which was inspired by Richard Wright's book, 12 Million Black Voices, and we'll be getting into that. On that show, he's joined by co-host Akbar Majid, and they explore messages of Black excellence and positivity among a diverse array of guests. Darren is also a creative entrepreneur, and I want to get into that term, creative entrepreneur. He's been that for a while now. His first startup was a PR company set up in 2004 called Scene PR. And it wasn't until 2017 where he married audio and visual together to create his own podcasts. And that became his main focus. So we'll find out how he's managed to keep channeling all of this creative energy in so many different arenas. Keep listening. Darren Jenkins, welcome to The Cypher. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm warmer than you, apparently, because you just told me that it's 60 degrees where you are. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll take what we got because we it's usually even colder here. So, you know. <laughs> um, so I mentioned in the intro, um, you're a creative entrepreneur um, and you currently are the host of a show called 12 million voices. We'll get to the creative entrepreneur bit of it, but I want to start with um, 12 million first. Um, tell our listeners what that is about. Uh, 12 million is a way for us to kind of um, provide positive information to um, black and brown people because, um, you know, after the George Floyd thing, um, you know, I, I was really struggling trying to figure out what I could do, like what what impact I could make. Because I feel like, you know, when you're doing, when you've been in the industry of film and music and TV and all these other media spaces for so long and something like this happens, I feel like you owe it, you owe back that energy, that positivity uh, that you've been borrowing from for so long. And so um, I was like, what can I do to kind of pay it forward? If that's a rudimentary way of putting it, but pay it forward. And so I thought, you know, the one thing that I wasn't seeing on, on social media, on TV, in the newspaper was positive stories. Mm. What, like things that were positive, like that we did that were building things and making things and creating things, solving problems. And I think it was, it's very important for us to continually to put those messages out in the world instead of always looking at the news and seeing the next time a black man's pulled over in traffic, the next time a black woman is assaulted on the street. These are not the stories that we we need to tell those stories, but we also need to be reminded of how strong and how beautiful we are. And it's so um, powerful that you're saying it now, because at the at the time of speaking in 2023, we're back here again, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, and um, that's not where I wanted to be, but yeah. Yeah, but that's where we are. And and so I, I raised that question and, you know, in kind of listening to your work, that's part of the reason why I came up with that question of, you know, what if you just followed your creative instincts? Because, you know, um, in listening to the second, you, your first show when you launched of 12 million um, was a two-parter. Yep. And I listened to both of them um, and I was um, most struck by the second one, which if I'm correct, I didn't really look at the date, but just listening to it because you sounded so raw. Um, it yanked me back to hmm. that rawness that I felt um, of um, when um, George Floyd, uh, when, well, when we discovered, well, when he had been murdered, right? And mm, yeah. all over the place. And it was peak pandemic. No one was allowed out of the house. And I had written a piece on, on, on how I had reacted to that and how my daughter had reacted to that because her school was trying to, you know, address all of, all of those things. And at the time she was seven, I believe. Um, But listening to you yanked me all the way back to that, you know, and it was raw, like it wasn't, it wasn't refined in terms of its presentation. It was literally you talking, but the most powerful thing I, 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 all of it was powerful, but really it's almost like the words were less important than just me hearing, you know, the the raspiness of your voice, mm. the pauses, and your your inability to find the words, really. And I say mm. that because you then did that and you said, but I'm going to put it up. Hence, yeah. the, you know, what if you just followed your creative instincts? What? What led you to do that? You did say that that's why you wanted to create the podcast, but can you talk us through that process of being like, I just, I got something, I'm just going to do it. I got something to say. Um, like you said, the the podcast was a two-parter. And on the first episode, um, if I remember back, uh, Frida Thomas, who's a good friend of mine, she's a, she's a brilliant um, career consultant. And, um, you know, we were having, we were just chopping it up, talking about, you know, what was going on and things. And she says something to me in the lead up to the show that I think kind of pushed me over the edge a little bit mm. and in a positive way. And she said, I want to apologize to you. She's like, because as a black man, it is, we don't often share how difficult or know how difficult it is for you to be a black man in this world. And all of the things that you have to do both to, to survive. And she's like, I, she's like, as a, as a black woman, she's like, I feel like it's important for us to recognize that because especially in this day and age, how difficult it is for you just to be, not to do anything special, not to be a lawyer or a doctor or to, you know, exceed in some field of, you know, that no one's ever done, but just to be. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I had never thought about it when I was in college. I went to a school that was primarily white. While at school, I, I, I don't think I ever once ever thought of myself as a black man. I thought of myself as a man, as a guy, as a dude. You know, because I grew up, I grew up in a very diverse household and, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't something I had thought about until 
all the different races, racist things would start happening to me. All these little drop, drips and drops of things. Uh-huh. And as one single entity, it was, it didn't feel like anything. But as I look back at that, those moments, I was just like, wow, I, I, it didn't even occur to me that that was happening to me. And it wasn't until it was like a, a certain incident happened to me that it was laid out in front of me to like, look, dude, you're black. You're not a black, you're not a man, you're a black man and you're in our world. And so, you know, I go back to this podcast and when she said that to me, it brought back all of those feelings of realizing just how difficult it is for me to be me before I can even be anything else. And that was kind of why I put it out there because there are other brothers who probably feel the same way as I do that just walking down the street and I live in a nice neighborhood, but just walking down the street, I realized the other day how much I'm always aware of how many blood, how many black people I see on the street like who who's on the street now like i i shouldn't have to be able to do that i shouldn't have to worry about those things in my life i should be able to just be this you know create or do whatever i'm going to do i shouldn't have to worry about that but that it is the whole thing with george floyd and that just reinforced it you know that just kind of all the things my father or my mom would m- mention to us when they were growing up I am now living their life. Again. Mm, you're living their life. I'm all living, living. My father was very active in the in the, the the civil rights, and my mom was as well. And I I I, rem, I was five years old, five years old when uh, my brother was running. Uh, he was running track and field. He was supposed to be performing in the Detroit, uh, this race in Detroit. So we would travel with him on the on buses to see him perform. Uh, perform, and as a five year old, I was kicked off the bus because I was black. They did what? not want any black children on the bus, and they used me as the ex- excuse to kick us off the bus in Detroit. <laughs> and I was five years old. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand all that. But, uh, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here like this is unusual, but we all, to your point, we all have these experiences um, that, like you said, you don't, you know, when you said I didn't see myself as a, as a black man, um, I think what I, what I was, what I'm understanding from that is that the thing, the paper cuts, the death by right. paper cuts took place, but you were like, well, that's probably just life. Right. And you stepped out of your bubble and then you were like, oh, this just happens to me <laughs> yeah. and people who look like me. And so that gives it that extra level of, of pain, to be perfectly honest. So then what role did creativity, because you are very prolific in that area, um, play for you? Did that, did that help? Was that a bomb in any way? Like, how did you come to it then? So, you know, I always think that creativity is... Like I grew up in a house full of creativity. My mom was an artist. Mm-hmm. My brother was an artist. So then, okay. So to that point about creativity, let's yep. take it a step back before we talk about your creativity. How how much of an influence was your mom on that? Oh, huge. Very huge. All right. So tell us about I mean, that. Music played. We listened to 
like every you know johnny mathis aretha franklin stevie wonder al green mm. you know all these people all the time she always played music with us she always um encouraged us to be creative she was a a poet and a sculptor and a painter so she would she has a i believe she has a poem um about martin luther king jr that's in the um black history museum in washington dc wait a minute you mean as in the one that's in the smith that as people some people call the blacksonian <laughs> yeah the blacksonian yeah, yeah yeah she has a poem in there mm-hmm. yeah okay okay she wrote it um howard got there she wrote it she wrote it for stevie wonder and um sent it to him and then she, he sent back a letter that he you know, loved it and whatever. And then she he suggested that she submit it to um, the Smithsonian as a piece of work for, you know, to be um, showcased. And so it, it was in the Smithsonian before it was in the Black History Museum. So as a piece of, um, my mom would often create pieces and send them to like, dignitaries like presidents and business leaders and so she had like this big album of all these different letters that she from like different presidents and ambassadors um andrew young um gerald ford um jimmy carter yeah so she was doing she was doing work she was doing work well before we continue we've been talking about mom and we've not said her name what's mom's name Mom's name was Nanette. If you feel comfortable, no, no, I'm gonna give her the credit she's credit she she's due. So I hear that 100 one more time because I interrupted you. Uh, Nanette Mallet. Wow. Okay, mom. So, all right. So I'm I'm connecting some dots here now. So she was an influence for you. You you know you've worked in PR. You uh, you have five podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) You know you do a lot of stuff. Tell me how she was an influence on you in that regard. Well, so my my like I said, my house was very creative. My brother was a comic book artist, and I didn't know what I wanted. Like earlier on in my career, I actually thought I was going to be a singer. I thought I was going to be the next Michael Jackson. <laughs> and um, I'm she not laughing would, at you, by the way. I'm just like, yes, I get it. No, I, you should laugh at that one. Um, <laughs> I, and she she would always encourage she like if I told she was such a big supporter of whatever I could think of doing what didn't matter like if I told her I wanted to be a garbage man she'd be like oh let me get you in some classes for garbage man and sanitation she would you know and so I didn't know what I was going to do in life um, when I was going to go to college I wanted to go for acting. My father said no. My mom, um, he said, if you want to do something creative, it has to have a business slant to it. Uh-huh. And I was... Once you break. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to be broke anyway. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, I decided to pick up art because my brother was into the art and my mom was into art. So when I got to high school, I started doing fine arts, you know, and uh, got into like program at 
Um, my, my professor got me into a program at Parsons in, in Paris, but what it did do is it started to really start to stimulate my creative juices and other things. And so once I left you know, school, I just got into everything. I, I was getting like, like literally everything. I got into acting. I got into music. I was doing comic book artwork. I was, um, I um, did some design work for the Ghostbusters 2 movie. Um, I mean, I was just doing everything because I just saw art as, I saw creativity as a way to like meet people and engage people. And I was very into that. So going back to 12 million, you were inspired to to launch this, I understand, around the time that Mr. Floyd was murdered. What of that internal motivation and in terms of that wanting to connect people, do you think also drove you? I can understand that from the moment of, of grief and trauma. And you also talked about wanting just to hear positive stories so I can hear that. But in, within, within the context of this conversation and this reflection, where do you see that thread inspiring you to launch that podcast? Oh, I think it's about building connections between us as Black people. I, I, you know, call me naive in a lot of ways, but I see a day when, you know, I'm walking down the street and there's... I go to pass another black person, we kind of go from head nods to like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing, man? And just because we are, you know, we are, we are so powerful together. We're like, like as a, as a community, we are so, I mean, look, everybody copies us. Everything we do, they copy our music, our creativity, our imagination, our ingenuity. Um, and, and so there's obviously something there. And we need to, we need to connect with each other and, and build each other up. And, 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 and I think if I can do a, a small part of that, like our part, my podcast, you know, the podcast that we do, is not just a podcast where we dole out information. Behind the scenes, we're actually like after our podcast is the like the moments after our podcast is the most fun because like we turn the mics off and us and our guests for another 25 minutes or so are sitting there chopping it up, talking about, oh, you know what? We should work together on this. Oh, we should do this together. Oh, you know what? Let me connect you to this person. Let me that's what I'm talking about. That, that that's what I'm talking about. So it's that's about it's about creativity as community building, right? Absolutely, and that's what you're doing. It's about creativity as community building, um, and I find that too. When I turn the mic off here, like I've had tears, I've had <laughs> thank yous, I've had, um, and I'm sure you get this too. Was that okay? No one's yeah. ever asked me that question. That's the yes. thing that makes me actually happy and sad because i'm like you yeah. just if we just talk to each other more like the idea that someone's like no one's ever really valued what i've said i'm really thank you for asking me the question mm. makes me go i just wish people would ask you more because i think you're amazing you, know, you get that too you get that too all the time every mm. single podcast i get somebody who will say you know what no one's ever asked me that and i've never thought about it i'm like i don't know i'm like 
I, I you're right. It's it's part it's part happy and part sad, right? Because it's that no one is taking the time to ask them that question. Um, but you know, it's but it's also happy because you've you've opened up a new door for that person. Right. To inspire them to do mm-hmm. to be as brilliant as as we as we see them as being. Mm-hmm. And also to think to think through this process of bu- building relationships in their own lives. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks for listening to the Cypher podcast with me, Christabel Insiabwadi. On today's show, I'm speaking with Darren Jenkins. He is the co-host of the podcast 12 Million and just an awesome entrepreneur. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. What do you think? I mean, you, you've been, if you call yourself a creative entrepreneur, and as I listen to you, it makes complete sense in the sense mm-hmm. of you are connecting people, but you also, you're doing it from that way of solving a problem, right? Business is about solving a problem and then basically right. providing that service, which is what you, you're doing. Right. Um, so in that sense, um, how do you see yourself and uh, the podcast through this, this lens of creativity, um, helping other people to build their business? I, th- I think, um, look, some of the people who come on our show clearly don't need our help to build their business. I mean, they are doing quite well. Mm. Um, but I think one of the reasons why they come on the show is because they are interested in not just building their their business, but building on this idea of community within their business. Like there's a lot of the, you know, careers that don't necessarily, community doesn't really run hand in hand with, you know what I mean? Like uh, for instance, you know, uh, we were on a call with Takumbo Ishmael, who runs um, a cap a capital investment company, and she they mostly work with women entrepreneurs in Nigeria. Now, I don't know nothing about investment in, in in on that level, but what I what we can do, and I think which is important, is kind of shake loose ideas for them to kind of carry forth into their business that may change how they approach certain um, ways of doing their business. And I think that's important. Um, Stephanie E. Farmer, who runs Triple F Foundation, which mostly teaches children, Black children about STEM. And I mean, nothing more, a more important subject could that could not be for black people and for black kids. So we, when we talked to her, we talked about the challenges that she faces trying to educate black children in this topic that a lot of people, unfortunately today feel like we shouldn't have access to, Mm. Mm. you know what I mean? I think the importance for the community there is to show that there is, there is a community behind that, that the interest of continually educating our children on things that they shouldn't know. And, to that, uh, you know. Yeah. To that point, thinking about the nuts and bolts of your show in particular, right? You, you have a wide array of guests. Yeah. So you said that the show is really to shed a positive light. So is uh, who, who are you talking to? You've given us a few examples, I think three, three up, uh, 
as of, you know, the current count. So but, who are you looking for in a guest? Um, I think funny the best part about the the like our whole thing is, you know, 12 million is a book is, is a podcast inspired by the book Richard Wright, uh, Richard Wright's book 12 million black voices. That line right there is the greatest selling line that we can possibly say to anybody because one, it's Richard Wright Two, the titled 12 million black voices. If you, and I do encourage people read this book or check this book out. And I was going to say, tell them if you can give a quick summary of what the book is about in case they haven't read it. The book covers it's, it's actually an interesting book. It's, it's, it's not just a, it's not just a novel. It, it actually is, there are photographs and artwork that are in the book and it follows stories of a lot of the um, people in these photographs and artwork. It's, it's, it, I call it like a diary of black people. And I think that's what drew me to it when I first came up with the idea for the show, which was, I, I love the idea that he created this. He's got, a, I got three or four of his books sitting here, right? And you know, black. You know, what's this black black boy? Um, yeah. Oof. These are these. Are, you know this book. <laughs> this is one of the first books I read in, in high school, and this is a this is a novel. I obviously you should read this. But Twelve Million Black Voices, I feel like, is a little more because of the visual rep, the the visual element of it. I think it's a little bit more impactful because. You get to see the faces that he's talking about, that he's describing, and the stories behind them. I think that, to me, is always more resonance. You know, it, all, it always resonates a little bit more for people. So, um, to, you know, so twelve million. Like to answer your question in long format, the, the 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 very description of the show, I think, is kind of when we tell a guest, the potential guest, what the show is about they it's almost like they go quiet for a second and they're like oh that's dope okay that's dope and it, it, i think to answer your question anyone who understands what that means is who we want on the show got it <laughs> yeah and i've said and also if they're listening and they don't know what that means if you if you google it and you see 12 million black voices it right. really speaks to that um the 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 diversity of the voices in which you're speaking to, which is all of us, twelve black voices as one, in in all of their different forms, talking about all the things to create right. one one powerful voice, so to speak. That's that's yeah. my my when I think about that, that's what I think of. I thought it was a very interesting um interesting choice, interesting in a good way, of course. Yeah. Um, what has been the impact of your podcast? Have you, what kind of feedback have you had? Oh, we've got, the, so the impact is interesting because, um, so <laughs> I think maybe it was the first season of the show. Um, one of my, my first guest, Frida Thomas. Yeah, she was um, incredible. Frida is a, a force unto herself. Mm -hmm. um, she, and we were talking about like, after this show, we were talking about like what else we could do. And so 
she started this Facebook group that um, was basically about, you know, for black people to kind of have these conversations and to kind of stay up on like articles and information that was being disseminated on social media and kind of just wading through like what's good, what's bad, what's, what's real, what we should know the whole thing. And so it was weird. Like someone listened to my podcast and followed uh, followed me on on LinkedIn and reached out to me and was like, "Hey, we're doing this screening online for this movie. Uh, I think it was the Triple Eights, um, and it's the, it's it's actually this unknown, this really un relatively unknown group of women um, in the military who um, represent." the post office and yeah it's 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 actually kind of dope it's a good story and she so we um she she was like i was like well can we screen this online for our for our audience and they were like really i said so yeah i was like let's do this so i reached out to to frida and i was like hey let's team up on this let's do 12 million let's do you guys Let's put together a screening online because this is a black story that needs to be told. And so we, they, it was funny because, um, so the screening went very well. And the woman who, um, who's, um, part of the, who was with the group that uh, kind of was screening it originally, she reached out to me. She goes, um, this was the biggest audience we've done. And since we've been screening this, she's like episode one for you. This would have been, yeah, off that combo first, second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was, it was, I was really proud of that moment because I was just like that. Now that's an example of what could be done. Like that's what we want to do. We want to, our goal is to turn 12 million into a more of a brand than it is a podcast eventually. And, we want to do stuff with the HBCUs and we want to do stuff with um, different other organizations. And we want to have, we want this brand to, for people to kind of use to further what they're doing in other organizations and stuff. This um, is eventually I would, you know, we're looking to be more than just a podcast. We want it to be a community, a true community community. that people can leverage for themselves as well. So the podcast is the beginning in terms of you getting people who can inspire others, so to speak, or that you can amplify, and then you're going to build it into this movement. There is a fearlessness to you that I really want to talk about, because Mm. I think, again, going back to that first question about what if you just followed your instincts, you seem to, and and we, we touched on that at the start and then we started talking about your dope mom. (laughs) But I, I really want to go back to that because I think it's super important. I think a lot of people, and certainly in in our communities, I say our communities because it's global, right? Right, right. Um, We spend a lot of time second guessing ourselves and and talking ourselves out of doing the thing that got us really excited. Mm, What would you say to people who who might do that? Because there are many people, some of whom are listening to this show, um, who might be like, yeah, I had this idea. Oh, but no one... I know really knows what it's about. You you should just strike me as someone who's like, we're gonna do this, we can do it. Yeah, I'm I'm very much that person. Uh it absolutely annoys me when 
like, like if I have an idea about something and I'm trying to put together, like put it together. And if I have friends or someone who's in my circle, who's like either doesn't believe in it all the way or, or doesn't think it can be done. I'm just like, I don't have time for that. I really don't look. Here's how I think about it. I think people are afraid of the word no. I think there. I think people are deadly afraid of the word no. But the word no is two letters of the alphabet. That means absolutely nothing. And even if you fail, at least you try to do it. You'll never know how far you can take it until you try. And I think that's anything in life. I think life is far too short and there's so many things going on today. I mean, there's so many things going on in this world today. I mean, that you don't know like how long you have. I, I, I tell people, look, I'm the guy who I, I, okay, I'll give you a case in point. So I, right before this podcast, um, I had a doctor's appointment this morning and so I'm sitting there like, all right, I gotta, I gotta be back here to set up the studio by this time. Da, 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 da. I get up early and between 8 a.m. and the time I leave the house, which was around 9 a.m., I launched a new Facebook community. I <laughs> put out all my social media that I needed. I, um, set up a new event that I'm going to run in uh, in April. I did all this within an hour. And the, the, the I launched a 12 million launched a new um, Facebook group called the Black Podcasters um, Collective. And I did that because I was on Facebook, I mean, on, on Instagram. I did a search for podcasting because I, I wanted to, I wanted to, um, I actually did it for this show. I was trying to kind of look at some other podcasters and see like what kind of content they were putting out just to see like what people were doing, what black podcasters. The search that I, I pulled off on LinkedIn, I would guess in the first 20 pages that I went through, there were maybe 10 podcasters that were black. Mm. Each page has 25 or 30 results so that's almost that's 300 or so people with only five or six podcasters on linkedin come on (laughs) come on pp face listeners audio only listeners the faces is perfect yes so if you only like if you really wanted to engage the black community and uh, black podcast community where where do you do that like and, and and like so i just saw i saw a place that was inequity there and i'm saw i'm going to solve it and that's what i mean just do it just do it just it, just do it yeah i love that and you know there are there are different groups and i mean i know you know that there are different you know yep. podcasting groups there but right. you know the fact that you're like well just do it do it because if nothing else you're just putting your name out there and someone will reach out to you and you'll either collaborate or you continue to grow the thing, right? 
You become um, an expert in that field instantly. You become an expert in that field. We are running out of time, but you know, I wanted I wanted to also mention the fact that you again, I said earlier in the show, five podcasts. Right. And we focus mainly um on this show on 12 million because there was a there was something that really resonated. Um, right. to myself and, and to my producer but you know I feel like I can't go without talking about drop the mic uh, that's one yeah. mm. um, the download 007 podcast I listened to all of these <laughs> I was chuckling I was like you are you are a highly eclectic individual so again going back to this idea of wanting to create positive not create positivity highlight positivity right um, you're doing it in all these different ways you clearly love music we talked about that yeah um, you love Marvel. <laughs> I love Marvel. Yes. Sir. You love Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you just strike me as a highly curious person who, again, between that and wanting to put stuff out, you're like, well, I'm just going to do it. So you right. are incredibly busy. So how do you, how do you balance it all? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I'll, I will have to answer that question at a later date. I don't know because I keep adding to my plate. I'm actually going to launch. Um, we're working on launching three more podcasts. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you have a team. Uh, surely you have a team of people. It's not just I, you. I, I, not on all yeah. of these shows. Like only on the um, on the ones that I have co-hosts on. Um, there's somewhat of a team, but the like um, drop the mic. I do all on my own, and uh, I have another one that's on the hiatus right now, but. Uh, we may launch it, relaunch it, um, call 13 questions. Uh, um, <laughs> She's um, like, what? Yes, I am. I'm like, what? Yeah, I um, know, I have problems. Are you? I'm not going to say that. I don't know you. <laughs> um, are you monetizing from some oh. of your podcasts? We, um, 12 million, we've, we have actually purposely not done yet. We are doing it coming for the fifth season coming up. What yeah. was your what was your um thinking behind not monetizing that? Why did you not want to do it? Because we just wanted to concentrate on the stories and the content and the people. Um we really wanted to focus on making sure that we built a um, you know, four seasons of quality people, quality conversations first. Uh, we didn't want to get distracted with trying to also monetize yet. Um, and also we wanted, we wanted a time, you know, we wanted to get the brand out there first so that people knew about it before we start begging them for money. Did you hear that listeners? Very, very highly intentional moves about building community and, um, and, and monetizing as well. You were very, very clear on what you wanted to do. Um, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I have a bunch of questions, but we'll do that (laughs) offline, I guess. Um, But Darren Jenkins, um, creative entrepreneur, entertainment architect, host of 12 million and so many more. Uh, Five podcasts and counting in total. I think it's going to be eight by 2023. Thank you so much for joining me on The Cypher. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Darren Jenkins. He is an entertainment architect and host and producer of the podcast 12 Million, amongst many others, as you heard during our conversation earlier today. 
You can listen to The Sci-Fi wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And remember, do not forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Our production team includes Cerise Small, Larissa Witcher, Ty Hughes, and Eugene Kidd. I'm your host, Christabel Nsiapwadi. Thank you so much for listening. The Cypher is a production of My Lens Media, Inc.